Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, a resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. I'm going to just jump right into the material today because it piggybacks on where we left off in our material you know last week we're literally just going a couple verses at a time which is just fine if you know if you ask me because each verse offers so much room for practice um today i'd like to sort of as we look at the next verse in the preface of the beginner Bhairava, should uphold this little metaphor that i think we can all relate to um missing the forest for the trees right it's a common expression that what does it do it reminds us not to what forget the big picture you know by getting lost in the small details um but the opposite could also be true you know um what if you get so lost in the studying of the forest that you forget to just occasionally go on a hike and just be in the forest you know you can also miss the trees for the forest tejavan awesome good to see you awesome um so there's something more to this. It's like we know this expression because maybe we tend to get lost in one direction or the other. Uh, so, for example, the Vigyana Bhairava has has reminded us, hey, don't get lost in the technique so much. Don't forget the big picture. Ishwari, what a uh, blessing to have you in class. Thank you for being here. So the Vigyana Bhairava is always uh, reminding us of that in this preface. It's a pretty big part of it. But, But that's not the whole picture. And the verses that we're going to look at today uh, really hone in on on there's a, there's a subtle concept at play that that's worth noticing, and that's this concept of union. Um, Shiva and Shakti are two inseparable sides of the same coin, right? Uh, Shiva is you could say is like the forest, you know, this this static overarching concept that is everywhere yet. Uh, nowhere exactly in particular and then shakti is the trees you know the infinite ways that uh, shiva can manifest as reality so this maxim sort of reminds us in a subtle way if we expand it a little that our goal is to not miss the union not miss the experience of both you know by focusing too much one way or the other in fact as you probably know yoga the word itself means union right but even more specific this text that we're reading the vigyana bhairava it's a chapter in a larger text called the rudra malaya tantra and that title rudra malaya can literally be translated union of shiva and shakti like we're literally reading a text called union of shiva and shakti uh and so everything we're doing in this is trying to point us not towards shiva or shakti right but to what's the union what's this union part you know what's that experience like the yogic tradition describes it as a play a dance you know there's a lot of ways where the the yogic tradition is trying to help us uh, relate to this experience right not thought but experience and um, and we're told it's a dynamic expression. So it's, there's a dynamism there that we have to take on directly in our practice. So 
Let's jump into a little bit of practice to make this real, and then we'll continue into the text. So feel free to, you know, just situate yourself a little bit so that you feel like you can turn your attention inside. And we look at, first we have to look at our seat and just take a moment there, allowing it to be relaxed yet alert. And if the seat can become still, there's something moving, you know, it's the breath. So the breath is this perfect example of, of Shakti, this constant, incessant pulsation. Yet we watch the breath to become present, but the present is like this single point, this Shiva awareness. So we've got this moving breath that we use to become unmoving or something like that. And so as we relate to our breath, immediately you'll find the minute you look at the breath, you start to change it, you start to direct it. It's almost impossible, I'd say, to just watch your breath on cue. And so what do we do? We smooth out the breath. We make it even. So we start to apply effort. We start to apply technique. Making the breath smooth and even. Check back in with your body. Make sure the posture is balanced and buoyant. And check back in with the breath as we smooth and even out the breath. A little bit of effort, a little bit of technique here at first. And now that technique is just the doorway, right? If we just keep smoothing and evening out the breath, eventually we actually might even cause ourselves a little bit of imbalance. You know, we can use techniques initially and they get us in the door, but we don't want to stop there. And so, of course, we all have our own ways of working with the breath and I'll just guide one. But notice the amount of effort you're using. Feel it. Feel the effort you're using, however little, and try to use a little bit less with your next breath. Just try to use a little less than before. And try to breathe with this with this half effort.
It doesn't mean you have to breathe less. It doesn't necessarily mean it's shallower or deeper. It's just a little less effort. And you start to feel this different approach happening. There's a technique and there's a goal. There's a path and a destination happening right now. You are smoothing out the breath, but you're trying to use a little bit less and less effort in order to allow the breath to happen naturally. It's not the forest or the trees right now. It's somehow both. You're trying to feel the natural breath flow by using less and less effort. And you can slowly allow the eyes to open as you continue with this practice. And as your eyes open, it's like you're in a forest of manifestation. There are so many objects around all of us. Yet, if you can feel present, then that teaching of this too is Shiva, this too is Shiva, can be felt. You can actually feel a quality of Shiva in everything around you, a quality of presence. And for me, this is what makes Muktananda's Guru Gita so powerful, is that he really is feeling this literal, this, this, this place inside while he's singing the Gita. And the last verse that we left off with last week, actually the translation of it said, oh, let me see if I got it on there. I'll have to read this one for you. Okay. The state of Bhairava, which is sung in the tantras, is really the supreme state of the goddess Parvati. Drop that in the chat box if anybody wants to see it. The state of Bhairava that we're seeking, which is sung in the tantras, is the supreme state of the goddess Parvati holding this Shiva state inside and singing and, and being a part of your life outside is the union. 
is that active union. And so I just want to play for a moment that portion or a portion of the Gita that literally says this to us. And I have it on the screen here if you'd like to see it. Here it comes. Naguro Radikam, Naguro Radikam, Naguro Radikam, Naguro Radikam, Shiva Shatanata, Shiva Shatanata, Shiva Shatanata, Shiva Shatanata, Shiva Shatanata, Shiva Shatanata, Shiva Mama Shashanato, Mama Shashanato, Mama Shashanato, Mama Shashanata. And so let's just take, I'm going to play it one more time. And this time the words are all on the screen for everyone. And you can just sing with it for this one more time, feeling that spot in your heart because it's so good. Naguro Radikam, Naguro Radikam, Naguro Radikam, Naguro Radikam, Shiva Shatanata, Shiva Shatanata, Shiva Shatanata, Shiva Shatanata, Idameva Shivam, Idameva Shivam, Idameva Shivam, Idameva Shivam, Mama Shatanato, Mama Shatanato, so take a moment and uh, let's do the same. Feel that inner spot in your heart and then sing about it through your pen on paper and just write a few, write a few words about your experience of having this inward focus and this outward expression, um, just sort of right off the top of your head at the beginning here of class before we jump in. Just take a minute, just write a few notes about your experience. Um, but uh, there we go. So your thoughts are concluded for a moment. And um, as we move into the text and the quotes, um, take a moment to keep revisiting that place because speaking and listening are really the same in terms of like Shakti, uh, this play, this consciousness that's happening, this swirl. And if we can just sort of be rooted here in the heart, very different experience, like Swami Muktananda's Guru Gita, you know, compared to just like having an AI read it off the screen. Um, and so, yeah, find that space and just sort of hold on to it. So I wanted to open with a quote here from the introduction to Kashmir Shaivism which talks about what, what, what this intro is about, about the Shiva and Shakti as two inseparable sides of a coin. But sometimes it can be nice to hear it from, you know, like a source. Um, Radharani, would you mind unmuting and just reading this first quote for us? Sure. Shiva and Shakti are consciousness and the power of consciousness. They appear simultaneously and are eternally related. The subject and object must be considered separately for the purpose of explanation, but it shall always be remembered 
that both are present simultaneously. One is always predominant in the same way that a coin has two sides, which can be seen, but only one at a time. These two factors are the first two tattvas in the process of cosmic evolution and are technically called the Shiva tattva, tattva and the Shakti tattva. Thanks, Radharani. All right, so these two are inseparable and eternal. And that's pretty important um, because the idea is that there's there's never one without the other in, in manifestation and that it's really their play that creates manifestation. Um, sure, one might only be able to be seen at a time, like one side of a coin, right? Uh, by the mind, like a one or a zero kind of concept. But through our practice, we can bing, spin the coin and really see both simultaneously, um, not because we're trying to, but because that's literally what we are inside. And the minute we're like present and living our life, we're the spinning coin. It's happening right in front of us. So um, we separate them to talk about it, subject and object. But we should always remind ourselves, like the Vigyana Bhairava is reminding us incessantly here in the preface, uh, that they're meant to be experienced simultaneously. So don't, let's not fool ourselves. Though we're talking about them in one way, the experience is different. Um, so then uh, verse 18. Uh, sure. Um, since there is always non-difference between Shakti and possessor of Shakti, Shakti man, therefore being endowed with his attributes, Shakti becomes the bearer of the same attributes. Therefore being non-different from Para, the highest Aibarava. She is known as Para, the highest Aibaravi. Thanks, Chatila. So this is a an effort in the Vigana Bhairava right here to to yet again remind us that though there is uh, you could say that there is Shiva and Shakti as two separate entities um, to never get lost in any kind of hierarchy, that there's that there's no hierarchy whatsoever. I think that's pretty awesome for a 4,000-year-old text to be going out of its way so deeply to say something that I feel like is really just in the conversation, you know, for, for us, like uh, publicly and in and, and a lot of uh, aspects of our lives, only within the last, you know, maybe a couple decades. I mean, yoga just sort of keeps on like proving to be a pretty you know advanced not just philosophy but also like um way of life and way of relating to each other as people um and so yeah going out of its way to say there's no difference here and that the possessor of shakti is put is endowed with the attributes of it and that they're one in the same one of my favorite practices which you maybe are familiar with is this idea of, uh, like I was referencing in the Guru Gita, this too is Shiva, this too is Shiva, this too is Shiva, um, that everything around us can be considered a manifestation of Shiva. Um, sometimes that can be challenging, and I'll talk a little bit about that part of the process. But when you're in a pretty, like, you know, uplifting environment, like you probably are right now, it's actually not super challenging. So take a moment and just sort of like, soften inside and 
and just sort of uh, allow yourself to contemplate, to consider, to ruminate, you know, just to feel the idea that this object, this person, this thought, these words are, are Shiva, are not lacking. They're not little manifestations. They're not little steps towards this bigger thing, but that there's an essence in them of Shiva down to the atomic level. And every time I do this practice, it makes me feel more a part of my space. I can, I feel a relationship to the things around me and to the people around me if I'm doing it in that kind of setting. Now, the, the text goes on to give us a pretty helpful analogy. Uh, Shiva is literally talking this analogy through. Um, and uh, let's see, Gita, would you be able to read this one for us? Because, for instance, when there is a fire, its energy can be for burning, cooking, or lighting a room. All these energies are owned by fire, but those energies, lighting, giving light, burning, heating, but these energies are undifferentiated with fire. These energies are not different from fire. It is just to enter into that state of fire, i.e. to put a kettle on. So in the same way, the path of Shakti is to become the state of Lord Shiva. Thank you. So all of these energies, all of these uh, manifestations of fire, are they fire? You know, what's fire? Is it, is it, you know, a lighter or a candle or is it lightning? Is it the electricity in your phone on the screen? You know, how could it be all of those things and be its own thing? You know, it's just this really sort of simple way of like saying, hey, we we actually work with this concept pretty regularly just to get through our day, you know, just to be able to, to, to know that that fire, um, this, this form of energy uh, can have many different manifestations and, and, and then they can all be quote unquote, somehow the same yet very, 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 very different. So this isn't like a abstract concept. It's actually a very practical concept that we, sort of, you might say, take for granted um, or that we just don't really consider much. But when you really start to like dive into, you know, your practice, these questions do come up, the technique and its goal. You know, don't get too lost in one form of fire when in reality, we're sort of after all of them. Is that, did I miss a hand? I, just, I didn't know if I saw anybody raising any questions or comments are always welcome. You don't have to wait for me to ask. And so bringing this little snippet to a conclusion, uh, referencing uh, the Guru Gita line, I was uh, grateful 
it was just ringing in my in my mind i've sort of been using this um almost like a mantra uh in preparation for this um presentation you know when i'm in a setting to be honest i've used it probably more in in challenging settings and it really has given me a, a bit of a lifeline um to to sit there and be like this too is shiva this too is shiva this too is shiva this too is shiva you know, it's almost like you have to repeat it like that many times to get it through your tensions in those challenging moments. And so um, let's just take another minute and a half or so to uh, ask ourselves, you know, when when do you when does this practice sort of make the most sense for you when when in your life do you need to be reminded of this too is shiva like when is it hard for you to recognize that in your day Right. If you feel like you've, you know, somewhat concluded, uh, feel free to jot it in the chat box. I'm going to play the little snippet from the Guru Gita one more time while we're all sort of underlining our stuff and entering things into the chat box. Naguro Radikam, Naguro Radikam, Naguro Radikam, Naguro Radikam. Shiva When I feel small or constricted, stressful, and or challenging situations, we've got some themes evolving here. Good. Yeah, difficult conversations. That's a great, that's a very nice, that's nice and specific too. That, that can definitely be, you're sort of like on the spot there. Specifically, early morning starts, infuriating Indian drivers, a few such others. Yeah, absolutely. Very, thanks. That was really specific. 
I have only heard about Indian drivers. I I have heard such stories, but I didn't know if it was still like that. You know how things sort of evolve like that. Waking up. Uh, look at the similarity. Like it's back to back right there. When feeling attention and dense energy with another person or per or people. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's when it comes up for me too. Yeah, there's a reason that Swami Rujananda's book, you know, is really about um, consuming the tensions between us, you know, and, and trying to understand this, this, this energy that we're all sort of sharing back and forth. And negative towards myself, that is a tough time to remember that. Absolutely, because we act so much different towards ourselves as we do towards the people that are around us that we see a lot, towards the people we don't see much. We seem to treat the other people we don't see much, we treat them the best, oddly. In a rush or stress, cooking or biking to school, right? Yeah, that's a, I think rushing came up quite a few times. The idea of being in a hurry. Is there anything you guys want me to say out loud, like a keyword from the room? If you want to, you could just say it. Abaya is going to just talk hers out. Sorry, I don't have a camera on her. I apologize. Can you hear me? Hi, everybody. Um, I agree with everything that you said. And then I wanted to also include when something really good happens or when I'm um, really happy about something, like kind of taking it to that spiritual level and, and not just being like, oh, great, my life is great, but really being like, wow, this is this is consciousness. This is Shiva right now. And helping like elevate it to another realm that way. Yeah, it's funny how <laughs> how we reach for it when it's when it's painful and then when it's not, we're like, you know, how easy it is to to coast. But I think you're pretty I actually think you're really good at um being grateful. You know, you actually remind me about that a lot. Like, you're always like, guess what happened? I'm so excited. Like, you just, you really feel the joy. I always notice. Yeah, I appreciate it. Anything else from the room? I don't want to overlook everybody in here. You have a word? You're looking at me. Okay, we have another off camera. I'll get the camera next time. I didn't realize the first time. Here we go. But here's Colin. Hello. Um, I kind of put a similar thing to everyone with just moments of tension, um, like disagreement and frustration. Um, but I added the caveat that oftentimes I'll notice that and remind myself logically, but it can be challenging to get to that space experientially. Yep. That's it. Yeah, so the the it's like there's this practice that can remind us of an experience, you know, and it's like, boy, sometimes all you can do is just say, I mean, I've I've done it. I actually at improv, I do this all the time because I get so frustrated with my improv teacher. He's not very nice to us, and um, and I'm just like, this too is Shiva. Believe it or not, this guy is Shiva. You know, like I'm just sitting there being like, wow, and it really helped me because it just got it just got things moving. I wouldn't say I transcended it. Like, like just floated over it. 
but it moved and like it just eventually you know the the gears do take care of a lot of that debris so i uh anyone else want to elaborate on your point oh because i hear a, you guys can hear me okay i didn't know chitania if you said you couldn't hear okay bob i saw your hand is that all okay there we go yeah i said waking up because um in the morning going from sleep to lying there watching my mind uh well first i'm i'm not even aware that i'm the person watching my mind i'm i'm deep in the dream and then i'm you know the thought and everything and then part of me goes wait a minute your mind is watching this stuff going on so that comes along and then part of me is goes well you know if you start do a breath or or start doing om namah shivaya or something you'll i i will get myself into the place where i'm watching my mind watching my thoughts so or i don't know if mm -hmm. that's a good explanation but there's there's all these layers in my mind and it's mm -hmm. waking up is when i notice them the most thanks bob yeah, what I think you you should have bring to the to light here is that even just noticing movement of the mind and just noticing this experience is a really really powerful. Just noticing that you're you're feeling tension, noticing that the mind is active, that that is this practice. It, it's again, don't miss the forest for the trees. Like uh, we over associate sometimes with the destination, thinking like. There's this, this experience I'm supposed to have that indicates I'm I'm there or I'm getting there. When in reality, it's really just are you are you are your feet are you moving on the path? Are you actually even are you participating at whatever level? Um, so yeah, I think that's a really great point uh, about this this practice. Anyone else? When you can yes, Anju. Yeah, sorry to take this to a bit of a like, I don't know, darker space, but what I notice like when I get small and constricted is often, you know, somebody else has said something to me or set me off. And, you know, when you try to get into that compassionate state um, and remember that this person is Shiva too, like you were saying with your improv teacher, sometimes I feel this little part of me that doesn't want to admit it because it's like I don't want them to be Shiva. And, yeah. and I have to fight this in me and it's really just me and it's my own you know it's like almost like whatever's happened makes me feel small you sort of resent it and you sort of like attack and it's all just happening inside of you and it's really just you but you know I have to admit that I, I have those moments where I'm like I don't want that person to be Shiva because I'm really upset right now and I have to just like take a step back so you know working on it great what a great point that is, it's so insightful to be able to see that about our, ourselves in that moment. It's so true. You know, and then there's the classic, like, oh, the hot cold, burning your own hand. You know, it's like this, seeing this person as not Shiva makes you feel not like Shiva. Like you don't, you know, it's this simultaneity where, uh, you know, they say you create your own reality. And it's like, well, there you have it. It's like, that's an example of creating our own reality. 
again, we are all going to have this experience. I'm not trying to jump over this experience of tension, like as if I can just hurdle it, but rather like to get our gears moving in a slightly different direction. I mean, the it feels like you're moving like a snail, but it's compared to what? Compared to like moving very quickly into a negative space. So I'd much rather be moving like a snail towards anything else than fast fall free falling into like negativity, which is really the only other option in that moment, as far as I, I can see. Yeah, Anandama, go for it. So I've been uh, a little bit hard on myself this week and the healing process of my ankle. So a little hard on myself. And I just remembered the last Shiva Sutra that we're supposed to forget. <laughs> so it's oh, good point. that we're going to forget and then we're going to remember and then we're going to forget and we're going to remember. So when I'm forgetting to do the mantra, forgetting that this is just temporary, I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know, I just remember that sutra. And that yeah. seems to help open it up, the energy a little bit. Nice. Yeah, it's really interesting to be, right now we're all in this state of remembering. We're in a class, we're with our sangha, we're literally doing practice. We're in a state of remembering. It's almost like how, what can we do for ourselves for when we get to that state of forgetting? Is there any, you know, what can we do? How can we, you know, is it as easy as just writing a post-it note on your monitor at work? Yeah, maybe for the first six times you see it, that's awesome. But we all know that after a week, you don't see that posted as much as you thought you would. But nonetheless, you know, every little step helps. But that's it's such an interesting concept you bring to life. And that we're going to forget. And it's sort of how we work in those moments that seems to be a very big part of our practice. Hmm. Thanks, Anonima. Anyone else here for the last couple of minutes? All right. Well, I'm hoping that um, we can use this practice uh, over the next two weeks and, re and, and come back to it and just sort of see how it went. I think this is such a great practice for your life. Um, we're we all know we all literally listed in the chat box the the times we actually know we will be in this situation whether we're quote unquote forgetting our true nature or whatever you know it might be but we've got that list in the chat box you wrote it and uh to just to start to feel with it as a part of your practice and to see like what's real for you what does it really look like your experience is priceless. Um, your experience of the practice is, in my opinion, uh, as real as the sutras. Um, it when because you're a practitioner and you're applying it to the your karmic context. And when you do that, that's it. Like that's the source of knowledge. So uh, when we sort of meet back in two weeks, um, it would be wonderful to just hear like a little snippet. Uh, from from your life, from when you had the opportunity to uh, 
to reach in this in this way that the Vigyana Bhairava is, is sort of reminding us that is uh, very much a part of our practice. The idea of, as Rudy called it, breaking down difference, you know, as finding that non-difference in the face of what appears to be difference. So we can pause there and uh, situate ourselves for uh, the last 15 minutes of meditation. I'm going to just drop, looking on this picture on here, just to, this is a big part of our class today. And try to let yourself uh, feel that that space in the heart that Muktananda's Gita reminds us of, and that the Vigyana Bhairava is describing this, this space of non-difference. Feel the buoyant seat, feel the steady and smooth breath. Let it all be really simple. We're not trying to tame the world to contain the Shakti. We're trying to let it flow, but to be present for that flow. So let your seat be natural and upright. Let your breath be what it is. And let your state of being be what it is. Our work is only to open, to shift the trajectory towards a feeling of unity. So as you breathe in and out, if you can stay with that moving breath, you can feel it come into you and then you can feel it go without losing your awareness like the breath leaving your body.
course, the mantra Hamsa can help you be more with your breath flow. Hum as you inhale, Sa as you exhale. Feel yourself at the center without any selfishness here, or the center of, of your universe. Feel the center point of the heart, all these sounds, all these objects, essentially. Revolve around this fulcrum that is your awareness. Feel that fulcrum, that center point in your heart. Can you feel a, a feeling of unity, a sense of unity in your heart? Uh, a lack of separateness, a surrendering of separateness. Everything can be Shiva. It doesn't diminish it doesn't dilute it. So feel yourself surrounded by Shiva. Every manifestation. The trick is not to attach to any one of them. That's when we miss the trees for the forest. To have this feeling in the heart, this awareness in the heart of unity. You can also feel it as expans expansiveness.
when you expand your heart, you're expanding this sense of unity. You're expanding oneness. And so first feel that oneness in the heart and then feel the setting that you're in. start to expand that sense of oneness to encompass your reality. Take a moment to consider the situations we named earlier in your life where this is challenging. And feel, don't just visualize, but feel your state of being and imagine it encompassing that reality. You're not pushing or pulling, you're expanding this unity.
and try to take time for these last minutes to experiment with resting in this expansive state. Focus on your exhale and feel that heart expansion, feel that heart space while you exhale. Let yourself relate to this in a very natural way because as hard as it may seem in those moments of tension, everything in yoga tells us this is our natural state. And so it's not about doership and about blasting through. It's about recognition, right? This too is Shiva. And that doesn't take any muscle power. That's just surrender. And so feel a relaxed state of unity, of togetherness. can allow the eyes to slowly open if they aren't already. And try to bridge that feeling into your waking life. And again, I would love to hear how it goes for you for the next two weeks. Um, just letting this... Uh, work inspire your practice both on and off the cushion and for our last moment here in class i wanted to plug um our well two things one um our upcoming meditation training and if it's going to be online and i'm really excited about it i don't know if you guys saw the video that we put on facebook it was pretty fun um and uh, we'd love to have any of you in that class i know chaitanya you're already going to be with us it's amazing but anyone but what's that? And Trey, thank you. Trey's going to be there. If you have any um, questions or comments, please, you know, call us about it. But if you haven't taken the training in a year, then it's going to be feel pretty new. Uh, so it's just just so you know. And uh, yoga trainings, of course, are ongoing. Um, the level one and upper level starting in a month. Um, and then last but not least is uh, next week. We have a very different program happening. Uh, very different. Um, it's it's sort of a new genre I'm experimenting with on Thursdays, uh, and Marcella is going to start us off with a uh, it's like a four or five um, class series. It's going to be like once a month roughly, and the, her uh, focal point it's going to be almost like you you could call it a master class, but we're not going that far. It's like a it's a it's a guided journey um, on the creative writing experience, creative writing. Um, We'll talk more about that next week when we meet, and Marcella will introduce herself and why that's sort of something that she can sort of help us with. It's going to be a group dynamic, you know, it's not just like sort of like a leader in the front. It's in Marcella's going to be sort of guiding us, but we're going to be doing it as a group. So I'll post more on Facebook about that, and, and uh, but I just want to plant the seed that next week's going to be pretty interesting and different. We'll see you.
two weeks from now to pick up the Vigyanabhairava. So thanks for the extra minute of your day. Namaste.